Welcome to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur and you're driven by your faith or want to be driven by your faith, then you're in the right place. This is a podcast brought to you by Faith Driven Entrepreneur. You can check us out at faithdrivenentrepreneur.org. This podcast doesn't exist without you, our community. Please send us any questions, any thoughts you have about how this podcast might better serve you, and any thoughts about or questions on being a faith-driven entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur. I'm here with Rusty and Henry. We are really excited to get to some of the questions today. And we've had a few different questions come in on a similar topic, so I'm going to group them together. The, the topic is generosity, and it's a big topic. We could go a lot of different ways. But as entrepreneurs, we want to do a few things. We want to think about generosity from a couple of different angles. Obviously, there's monetary, and we're going to tell some stories about some thoughts around that. There's also time, how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, and there's also talent and where you decide to spend those talents and give your God-given energy to is another form of that. So we're going to go a couple of different directions today, but we hope you'll stay with us and help explore this theme of generosity uh, in a company, in the marketplace from a couple of different angles. So I love generosity. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. There are three or four things that I love to give money to outside of entrepreneurship. And one of them is the biblical message of generosity because it had so much of an impact in my faith life. I came to faith at age 28, and then I was born again again at age 38 when a guy from an organization called Generous Giving came to me and just asked me the simple question, why do you give? And that sent me reeling a bit. And I realized up until that time, Kimberly and I might have been giving away 20%, but effectively it was as if we owned 80% and God owned 20%. And we know that that's messed up theology. And I won't go into it on this episode about how that all worked out in our life. But I really like the concept of generosity within an entrepreneurial context. And for me, I really think that it starts with this heart posture of, are we grateful? Um, What are we grateful for? If indeed we're grateful for this thing, this gift of life and the opportunity to be able to be an entrepreneur and to create and innovate and have a company and to think about solving problems, then that really helps us to have this position of being generous. And generosity really manifests itself in lots of different ways and looking forward to unpacking that. But uh, yeah, this is one of those episodes I've been looking forward to. And I think you hit on something good there. One of my favorite sermons on giving was from a pastor named Rankin Wilburn down in L.A. at Pacific Crossroads. If you're ever down there, I highly recommend going to hear Rankin talk. But he gave a talk in Los Angeles, right? So think about lots of affluent people in his congregation. And he said, tithing is a great place to start. It's obviously a great Old Testament principle. But he said, I'm going to challenge you all to think about giving in a different way. And what he challenged people to do, he said, I think you should be giving an amount of money that changes the way you think about your life. And he said that can be a lot of different things, but he said as a hyperbolistic example, if you make $30 million and give away five, my guess is you have as many boats as you need, you have as many houses as you need, and you have everything you need. And he said on the same time, if you make $125,000 and you go out to dinner five nights a week and that doesn't really hit your bottom line that much, well, in the same way, you need to think about, I should be giving enough that it changes some aspect of my lifestyle. So if I like going out to dinner, I now have to think about whether I should go out to that next meal. And maybe instead of going out five nights a week, I only get to go out two because I'm giving away so much that it does make me reconsider the choices I make in my life. I think that's really good. Um, I think, you know, there, there are a lot of people are listening that are here in 
Silicon Valley, right? And we have a tendency not to be that generous in the Valley. I do a lot of philanthropic work for lots of different organizations, and uh, you don't see the principles of being generous financially embedded into our companies and cultures. Now, if you go to older companies established, particularly on the East Coast, some form of being generous and giving to philanthropic causes uh, is sort of baked into the culture. You know, it's just what you do. In fact, they'll have matching programs and things to give you some incentives to do it. Um, but we seem not to do that as much in the technology world. And I think it starts with the idea of why am I here and who's most important? And I think we can get wrapped up into, I am here to succeed. I am here to achieve. I am here to reach heights and glories that no one would ever imagine with my product, with my idea, with my technology. And who am I here to serve? If I end up serving myself and it's about me, I won't be generous. I just won't be generous. If I am not about being here for just me, and I'm here to serve a broader cause, to serve my God, my neighbors, my team, my investors, my community, you will find that you, you'll want to give into those areas. And so to me, it's, it's outside of tithing. So tithing to me is a principle. I've lived it from the beginning of my first professional dollar. And so my tithe is something that I subscribe to. The rest of it, though, I find in my own spirit is about who's it about and who am I trying to serve? And I think a lot of the answers lie right there. And we have to constantly explore and check that because there, there have been times in my life where I've been more generous and I've been less generous. The times that I am less generous is because it's become about me yeah. and I'm not serving in, in the, right, the right community or the right outward expression that I should be. One of the things I think is I completely resonate with that. And so unpacking why we are generous and who we're being generous for, what we're grateful for is really important, getting at the root. If we don't do that, if generosity just becomes like another campaign that we're going to have, another initiative we have at work, it's not going to have the longevity and the sustainability. So we need to really understand what we're grateful for and who we're being generous for. You know, one of the things I think is worth mentioning on this on this podcast is that some amount of listeners to this uh, as business owners are going to have financial success or have had financial success. And I'll tell you a trap that I found myself in earlier in my career when we we're starting to have financial success. I had managed to buy into a bad theology where I thought that God actually needed my money. I thought that we were succeeding and gave me an opportunity to participate in God's work almost as if he needed it. And interestingly, when I came and I had this born again, again experience, the passage in scripture that had the biggest impact on my generosity was not the rich young ruler and his fortune or the widow and her might, some of the things that you'd think or laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. But the thing that made the biggest impact on me, interestingly, was the passage in which Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and feeds 5,000. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he actually doesn't need my money. He can take anything. There's nothing that God cannot do. He just wants my heart, doesn't need my money. Whether I'm going to give away $10,000 in a time period or $1 in a time period, he actually does not need that. 
He just wants my heart. And up until then, I realized he did not have 100% of my heart. And when I was able to change that mindset and come to understand that, you know, and just really endeavor to understand why I gave and realize I'm really grateful uh, that I wasn't really actually not only free to, to give well, but I hadn't been free to worship well and know God well either. And once that happened, then I became a much better leader. So many things flow from this heart of generosity. But understanding the root of it, like you're saying, Rusty, is really important. Yeah, this is a little practice that I started a long time ago, and, and, and it, it's not for everybody, but it works for me. So I'm going to share it. Bring it. So at a certain point in life, you're able to, and you should do this sooner than later, everyone should, have someone else as an expert help you with your finances. And it can be a financial advisor at whatever level. And there are people who will work with people at whatever level. And I've always been a goal-driven guy. So I set a goal for the amount of money that I wanted to give away while I was alive. So I set a goal. I asked my financial advisors to, when they would state to me my net worth, you would see what I have in the bank, in accounts. You would see what I have from a, a house or in a car and all of those things. And there would be a net worth number. We're all familiar with that. That Anybody who's ever looked at their finances, there's a net worth number. And then I asked that there be another line put below that, which is the amount of money that I have given away. And then put those two numbers together. And that's how I think about my net worth. Because mm. at some point, you know how the richest man in the world becomes not the richest man in the world? How? He dies. Oh, yes. He dies. Okay? So That's good. Uh, yeah. Well, look, there's a great story. You know, I don't know if you remember, Renner. It's been probably 15, 20 years ago now. But when Ted Turner, you know, the founder of Turner Broadcasting, sure. gave a billion dollars to the United Nations. And when he was giving that billion dollars, he said his hand was shaking when he was initiating the wire check or however he did it. But his hand was shaking because he was getting ready to move from being one of the wealthiest people in the world to not being on the list. You know, his net worth, though, after he gave that billion was just as great in the definition yeah. that I'm giving as it was when he had the billion dollars. Yeah, so I think there's little things that we can do as we consider, because what happens with us, and we all know this, I mean, it's biblical, you know, money is not the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The love of money yeah. is the root of all evil. Yeah. And when we let the money identify who we are, and it becomes our identity and our self-esteem or our self-worth, then we hang on to it. We don't want to let it go. We want more of it. We're afraid to give. The only pushback I give and slight pushback on that is lest somebody listen to this um, and say it's the widow and her might. I think one of the things, of course, you're getting at is that we're laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. But say Ted Turner had a net worth of $1.5 billion and he gave away a billion, which just left him with $500 million, which took him off of Forbes list. Um his net worth in terms of how God views him is the same as it is of the widow. And so I think it's really important that we, we think of ourselves as stewards of what God has given us and how faithful we're being. Are we being 20% as faithful of what God has given us or 100% faithful? 
But I'd rather be 100% faithful with the $1,000 God has given me than 40% faithful with the $1.5 billion that he's given me. And so I want to make sure that somebody might be listening to this. And I hope somebody is. I hope somebody's listening to this. And it's a woman and she owns a beauty parlor. She's got three employees. And she's trying to understand, how do I honor God in the workplace? Her net worth to God, which is the only one that matters, is how faithful she is and how much she believes. Faith is the way to please God. And I think it's good that we mention this because, you know, money, um, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is so trapped up into us in our entrepreneurial journey because we get to keep score. So dangerous. I mean, the exit, the liquidity, the, the value of the enterprise becomes the scorecard. And then someone wants to know, well, what percentage of the company do you own? Yeah. And that becomes the scorecard. Yes. And so we have to arm ourselves against that happening. And it's but hard to do. It's hard to do. It is ter- really hard to do. Well-meaning friends in our family and people who are believers who see something written about you in the newspaper and and they can look you up on Yahoo Finance or whatever the case is. And it's insidious. It's very, very difficult uh, for us to maintain our identity as being a beloved child of God. So rejoice not that you've been blessed with all these things, that uh, you get to interpret dreams and you get to speak in tongues or, or that you get to have uh, a public company. Rejoice instead that your name is written on the book of life. And, right. and that needs to be our focus. And I think it can be really hard as an entrepreneur because people are always coming inbound, giving us accolades or wanting something from us. And it's really hard for us not to think that our identity is being a successful or non-successful entrepreneur. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I, I will add this. Um, so we're in the world, but not of the world. But there are things in the world that we can do g- good with our money that may not be faith-based. And so I, I raise money for things like music education, for the arts, for things that I feel like will promote and help society. And I hope it's as redeeming as it can be. Right? Yes. Um, education. And so I was very fortunate to have had uh, a success. And I was being courted by my university, which many people are at some point, to give back as an alumni. And my wife and I um, thought really hard about what we wanted to do. We prayed over it. We talked to lots of other people. And we said, uh, we will make the gift, but we're going to make the gift anonymously. The president of the university sat down over breakfast with me, and I told him what we were going to do. And we were going to make it anonymously. And he said, boy, am I, I can't thank you enough. But if you're going to make it anonymously, I don't want the gift. Hmm. And, and I said, what do you mean? I mean, this is going to cause me all kinds of problems. There's going to be people that are going to say, you know, you could have given it someplace else. To your point, Henry, family members, other people, you know, once this becomes public, and he says, he, and, th- and this was not in a faith context. He, j- he said, um, you've been given something, you've earned it, and now you're going to use it for something good. You now become an example and a role model and an inspiration to others. No one was ever inspired by the anonymous. No one ever looks at something and says that I'm just, you know, move them to to follow an example. And I think that in the world that we're in, we can set good examples by our generosity and then have the opportunity to remind people where that came from, why I give how I give. And why I believe it's important to be generous. Well, what you're getting at is a tension 
that uh, that I think exists between not letting the right hand know what the left hand is doing so that we don't give gifts in a way to bring glory to ourselves. Right. Uh, and the other one is let your good deeds be shown in such a way to glorify your Father in heaven. So on one hand, there's an opportunity to be able to do things that point to God, and that's in Scripture. And the other one, it's to guard our heart against the pride that would come from trying to have approval or some other ulterior motive be at our heart posture. And I will tell you, uh, to be completely candid, some amount of my giving in the past has been because I want to earn the approval of peers. And everybody's giving to this thing, and I say, yeah, I'm in with X amount of dollars too. And some amount of the motivation is because I want the approval and recognition of my peers. And so in those times when I come across Scripture and it talks about right-hand, left-handed, I feel convicted. And I know that my motives weren't pure. All of a man's ways seem pure to him, but his motives are weighed by the Lord. I am convicted. I don't know if that's something that ends up laying up treasure in heaven. So what I'm trying to do more of is to try to give in such a way that I cannot get credit for it. And at the same time, to your point, Rusty, you need to be able to be, uh, be able to have activities, to be able to, to do different things in such a way that people look at them, are inspired and encouraged, and it points them to knowing God more. And that's a difficult balance to figure out. And sometimes it's not as easy and cut and dry. Oh, it's, it's, it, it can be very hard. It can be very hard. But I look at these opportunities because I can tell you one thing for sure. If I am not generous, if I am stingy, mm-hmm. if I hold it all to myself, it's a long shot that someone's going to go, oh, he runs his life by a set of values and principles that I admire and I want to follow. I want to learn more about. That's just not going to happen. That's a great point. And yeah. as, as if anyone's struggling to think through this issue, there's a great book, really small, about 60 pages, called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn that it's I found yeah. pretty transformative in thinking about. And he breaks it into a nice finance language, too. He talks about the greatest ROI is in heaven, and Jesus promised that in the New Testament. And there's an amazing theology of giving. And another thing that's been really helpful to me in my life is I'm currently working with a good friend and I don't think you can do this with many people. I think it's one or two, probably, to be completely transparent with my finances. We are both going to share every dollar we make, every dollar we give, every dollar we spend on everything, and we're going to encourage each other through our lives on, hey, did you think about this? Could you be giving more? All kinds of different things. And I think I've seen a couple of my mentors do that, and it's been really transformative in their lives to just have another person really dig in and ask you questions. If nothing else, just encouraging questions and asking if you've thought about some different things. I, I think it's pretty remarkable experience. Great book. Great book. Um, I'll tell you, another thing we'll link to off the website is a story that I know from a guy named Alan Barnhart. And Alan was getting ready to, to start his entrepreneurial journey. He was a participant in InterVarsity at the University of Tennessee, where he had met his wife. And they're trying to forget, well, do we go ahead and be an entrepreneur and go into the business world or do we go into ministry? And his wife was really concerned, having seen other people go into business and then be swallowed up by the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. He said, I don't want that for my life. And so I really think we should go into ministry. And as Alan will tell it, and you can see this from the video, he said, it is the only time I've ever kind of overruled her and I decided to go into business. But it was with this understanding, this caveat. And I said to Catherine, Catherine, 
here's what the deal is going to be. We're going to go into business instead of ministry, but we're going to consider our business as ministry. And here's what we'll do. We'll go ahead and we'll make the amount of money in our business that we would have made at the same type of tenure at InterVarsity. So I don't know, two years in, maybe you're making 40 grand, maybe, uh, maybe 10 years in, you're making 100 grand. And I, you know, by the time I met Alan, he had been around for about 30 years. And if you're around 30 years in InterVarsity, you can, you can make a, a decent living. Um, but that meant that he'd given away uh, each year and years before that uh, everything else, which was tens of millions of dollars a year tens of millions of dollars a year. And he had never thought any of that was sacrificial because mm-hmm. it's something they set out from the beginning to do. They made the commitment publicly. In other words, they told other people that that's what they're going to do. And that had been their lifestyle. And with time, they started making more money and they made a 3% raise each year. And they always looked at that as the opportunity that God had stored to them. And they had great joy in participating in the work that God was doing all around the world. And they really viewed themselves as being very, very, very rich. Hmm. And I really admire that. Some portion of the people listening to this podcast are going to be college students or just starting on their entrepreneurial career. Having a relationship, as William shared, with another close person that you shared that financial journey with. And then also thinking about what is my finish line? What does it look like for us? How much is enough? How do I think about all of that? And then, of course, the biggest thing, of course, is just the heart posture. Why do I give? And hopefully that answering that question will send you into a deeper relationship with God. Well, yeah, it's been great to be with everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to probably come back to generosity a couple of different times. We talked a lot about monetary generosity today. And, of course, there are numerous other ways to think about this topic. And so stay with us, and we will dive into those at some other time. Thank you so much for joining us on the Faith Driven Entrepreneur podcast. Please go to faithdrivenentrepreneur.org. And let us know if you have any questions that you would like us to tackle. Also, if you have any videos, articles, sermons, or podcasts that have been helpful to you on your journey, we'd love to see them. Please send our way. Lastly, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you in any way, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with others. Thank you so much for being part of the Faith Driven Entrepreneur community. We look forward to hearing from you soon.